0: Good morning Morning. we um, glad to see you it's good to see you everybody doing good good I put Ric Flair in that song yesterday or Friday whenever it was so Um, we um, just a quick recap Uh, this past week uh, we've had a bunch of people out of town. Uh, we've had camps going on this week. We had, uh, we had. Uh, if, if you were at kids camp or Super Summer, either one, Centric Kid or Super Summer, raise your hand. There you go. Um, so um, uh, our kids camp, uh, Centric Kid. We had. Uh, are you about to dance or something? What you, what you, okay, I'm. I'm ready. Oh, your—that's your kids' camp shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I—I uh, I would wear my super summer shirt, but I didn't get one this year. I think that's the first, first, first time ever. We won't get into it. Uh, so, because uh, I need another black super summer shirt. My my wife. <laughs> People give me shirts, and my wife is like, for real, and I'm like, well, I can't turn them down. I mean, it's a gift, you know. Uh, so. Uh, Anyway, uh, so we had 24 kids go to Centricid uh, this week. That's that's grade six and under, and then we had uh, 30 uh, students go. Uh, to Super Summer this week, Uh, then plus adults on top of all that. We had 54 just kids uh, at one camp or the other, and then all of the adults that went. And by the way, I just want to say thank you to all the adults that went. Thank you for giving up a week. Thank you for taking vacation. Thank you for taking time out to go and and help make that week happen, this past week happen. Uh, I know uh, that at Super Summer, we had uh, four of our students come to know the Lord this week. Uh, And that's that's pretty awesome so pretty pretty cool stuff so uh it's been an exciting week uh next year let me just tell you next year parents you know get 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 your kids to camp uh send them with us uh it's 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 unlike anything else just an awesome week uh, of just getting to focus on the lord and uh getting to be together and building friendships and all that kind of stuff too so um uh, good stuff so uh right girls I didn't even coach him to do that, but what <laughs> what what's that Oh, it's a joke from super summer go figure. i'm I'm out on the joke, I guess because I'm not in blue school or something so I know I know I knew you'd say that as soon as I said that too whatever uh good grief uh no we we had a good week uh so we're we're back in um what we've been going through now for about a year and a half. We've been doing this, like seeing Jesus in all of Scripture and specifically in the Old Testament. And, uh, you know, this started, you know, a couple years ago with us just sitting down uh, and just saying, how can we make better disciples of the people of 24 Church? How can we help folks of 24 Church? And, and, and one thing that we have noticed over the years, and, and this is a good thing, but it's also, a, it, it's also a challenge for us. I know it's a challenge for me at times, uh, is that we've noticed that, uh, that God has brought us, and again, I'm thankful for this, God has brought us a lot of people who are largely biblically illiterate. They they don't know scripture. They don't know the Bible, and uh, and so to even go along with that, part of that that we've seen is, you know that uh, you know a lot of a lot of times when we're studying certain things, they just don't you know it's not it's not you know they're not with us. Don't they don't understand or whatever it is. So one of the things that we we've, we've talked about doing is trying to help people have a better understanding of, of the Bible as a whole and and, and we completely realize that you can't you, you really don't make disciples on Sunday mornings alone that's not the way it works and and we know that and we're totally with that uh, but you know we're like you know what's how how can we structure just even our teaching to help people to have a better understanding of God's word and so uh, we've been we've been over the last year and a half we, we decided to tackle uh, this idea of, of seeing Christ in all of scripture and so we've been studying through uh, the Old Testament uh, for the last year and a half, and just you know, kind of you can't you know literally study everything to do that and pull that off. We we well we'd be here forever, uh, and so uh, and we don't have forever. So we're trying to been trying to kind of basically touch on passages that we feel like would help our people to have a better understanding and not be afraid of the Old Testament. Plus, we just we have the gift of of knowing the gospel. And so being able to study Scripture through the lens of the Gospel... Is a huge piece of this for us, and so that's what we've been doing. That's what we've been trying to do. And if you've missed uh, messages, they're on podcasts and all that stuff. And they've been they've been working to try to catch that stuff up here recently, and uh, kind of doing some new stuff. And you'll see new website and all that stuff coming too, which is pretty cool. Uh, but uh, anyway, so all that all that's out there. So uh, if you need to catch up, please do. Uh, but uh, we're about we're about done. We're about done with doing this uh, seeing Christ uh, through the Old Testament thing. We're we're almost to the end of it. Um. So, that being said, if you've got a Bible with you, come to the book of Jonah with me. Uh, Jonah chapter 4. I just saw you back there. Granddaddy Welder from the Job Corps. Scarlett is here from Super Summer. I'm so glad that you are here. And Mama Jeanette. And that girl, I just, I just want to make you laugh all the time. If you can get her laughing like everybody is laughing. I was laid over in a booth at Steak and Shake at 2 o'clock in the morning the other night, just laughing at her laughing. And I, I don't, she didn't even know what she was laughing at, which is the best part. So. But uh, no, we're glad you're here. Uh, Jonah chapter 4. And uh, let, uh, let our ushers get your Bible. If you don't have one, throw your hand up. You know the deal. Uh, and so, um, but Jonah chapter four, and 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 you know we know we hear Jonah, and immediately we we go big fish, you know swallowed by the whale, you know I mean well, that's that's the immediate like we think about when we think about Jonah. Well, today, not so much. We're going to touch on it, but we're going to I want to want to give you kind of the whole of Jonah, because again, what we've been trying to do through this series is so people can walk away and not just know the story about a fish, but to know the story of Jonah. And so, um, trying to attempt to do that, and I'll be attempting to do that with you today. So we've got Jonah, and, and, and a lot of you know a little bit about Jonah at least, and you know, you know the whole, like, he got swallowed by a fish, and you know, then he got thrown up by the fish, and all that kind of stuff. God saved him and all that. But we, you know, if, if I were to poll everyone and say, how, why, why was Jonah swallowed by a fish? And, you know, what happened after that, a lot of people might not remember those things. And so let me kind of just kind of give you the breakdown, and then we're going to talk about Jonah himself and some stuff that he's kind of dealing with that I think is a lot like stuff that a lot of us are dealing with. So Jonah, in the very beginning, is called to a people. He's called to a people. And and let let me help you to understand something. Generally speaking... We see throughout Scripture, and I think this is true for us in our life, is that we are all called to a people. Now that people may be different things, and I talked to, to students this week that uh, are struggling with maybe uh, feeling called to vocational ministry, and so I, I did one whole hour on this subject of calling with them, and what's it look like to be called, and how do we know if we're called, and all that and, and by the way, truth be known, we are all called ministers of the gospel. If we know Christ, then we're all called ministers of the gospel. Uh, and so, you know, but what's it look like for us to be called to a people? Well... I mean, that can be different things. It can be uh, that God is calling you to your neighbors, like literally your neighborhood, or to a neighborhood that you don't even live in, or a city. Uh, or uh, you know your family—that's scary because some of you want to you know punch them all in the face, uh, you know. But you know, just so you know, God calls us to a people. We see this over and over in Scripture, God calling us to a people. Well, God called Jonah to a people. He called Jonah to go to a people in the city of Nineveh, and, it, and he refers to it as the great city. The great city. And, and, and part of that is because of the size, the number of people that were there in this city. God refers to it as this great city. And so God calls Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh to basically tell them that they need to turn they need to turn back to God. They, they, were, they were in great sin at this point in time. And, uh, you know, and, and I mean, you kind of, imagine God like, you know, speaking to you about like, hey, you should go to a whole people group. You should go to a whole city and you should, you know, let them all know that they need to turn back to God. And what's that look like? And are people even going to listen and all that kind of stuff? But so this is, you know, this is what Jonah's being called to do. Problem is, is Jonah doesn't do it. This is why the fish comes into play. Jonah flees. He decides he's going to go somewhere. He's going to go to a different city. He's, going to, he's basically just going to run. Like God's like, Jonah, I want you to do this. And Jonah's like, I'm out. And so Jonah just takes off, and he goes some other direction. And in the midst of that, he gets on a boat. And he and his flippy floppies are floating with all these other people. And in the midst of that comes a great storm. And the storm is literally like, I mean, it's bouncing this boat and like they're, they're all, they're all thinking we're going to die. Something's going on. And the guys on the boat, they start saying, you know, is there, is there somebody here that God is upset with? Is there somebody here that God is mad at? Well, finally, Jonah just Annie's up and he just tells them all. And he's like, look, I'm running from God right now. I'm running from God. And, 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 you know, truth is is, is, is this is all happening because I'm running from God. I'm not doing what he's, he's told me to do. And I know that's what it is. And they're like, well, what do we do about it? And he's like, you guys are going to have to throw me into the sea. And they, and they pray to God like, God, we don't, we really don't want to do that. But eventually they concede and, you know, realize that this is what they got to do. And so they throw Jonah into the water in the middle of this crazy storm. And this is where the big fish comes into play. God has a fish, it swallows Jonah, and what seems like an awful thing to get swallowed by a big fish turns out to be what saves his life. And so while he's in the fish, you have all of chapter 2, and it's his prayer, and it's his, you know, basically, you know, Jonah's, Jonah's stuck, and Jonah turns back to God, and he's like, God, you know, come on. I'll, I'll do what you need me to do, and I'll be your guy, and I'm so sorry, and I'm an idiot, and all this kind of stuff. So he prays, and, and that's chapter 2. Well, then, and, and so at the end of chapter 2, God has the fish vomit, it says, Jonah up. So then Jonah's alive, and Jonah's saved, and all is good. So then Jonah goes to Nineveh. The great city Nineveh. And, 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 and in Jonah going to Nineveh, what happens is he goes to Nineveh and he tells them, You know, God has told me to tell you, you guys have 30 days to get your junk straight between you and the Lord. And if you don't, it's going to be bad. And so, lo and behold, they listen. Can you believe that? They listened to what Jonah had to say. Imagine that. God wants us to do something that he might work through. And they listen and they turn from their ways and they turn back to God and they repent and they confess and they all this stuff. And so then, you know, yippee, yippee, yay, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, everybody's happy. You know, let's have a party. You You know, Nineveh saved the great city. And you would think that Jonah would be like, yeah, you know, we got, a, we got one, you know, we did good, you know, everything's great. And instead, we have the exact opposite of that, which is not what we think of when we think of Jonah, is it? Chapter 4 starts with Jonah's angry prayer. Let's read it together, chapter 4. It says this in verse 1, it says, But it, it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O God, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me. He's asking God to die. For it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? Do you do well to be angry? Now there's a question for the day. Do you do well to be angry? No, (laughs) no, we don't, we don't. He's asking Jonah this question, and and, you know, and and for us, I mean, we're just reading this. It's 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 hard to understand. Like, what what in the world is going on with Jonah? Like, God just used Jonah to go and save this great city. You know, why is he angry? Why is he angry? Well, we have we have more of a picture as as this chapter goes on. I want to continue to read the chapter so that you can see the whole picture of kind of what happens. But we have a we have a couple of more events. Small events, but events nonetheless that impact Jonah's life and him listening to the Lord. And in verse 5, it says this: it says, Jonah went out of the city and set to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there, a little angry booth. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed, see that word, appointed. A plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort so we've got Jonah out in the desert not happy God is gonna throw him a bone here he's like I tell you what I'm gonna give you a little shade I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna appoint a plant to grow over you and give you some shade and Jonah's happy about it right so we've gone from angry To happy. Alright, so here we go. And it says this, it says verse 7, But when dawn came up, the next day, God appointed, there it is again, appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun arose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah, So that he was faint. And he asked that he might die. And said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? (laughs) And he said, yes, I do well to be angry. Angry enough to die. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from the left and also much cattle. By the way, that whole right hand from the left, he's basically saying, they don't know me. They don't know the ways of God. And he's saying to Jonah, shouldn't I care for the city of Nineveh, 120,000 strong of people that need me? Jonah's story is all too familiar for a lot of us. Because at times in life, when we should be able to rejoice for what God is doing in someone else's life, we are too busy not being happy because of our own circumstances. We are letting the things of this world be the things that dictate to us whether we will be happy or not. Now you can sit here and you can go, well, you know, we don't, you know, because that's the end of the chapter. That's the end of the book. That's all we know about Jonah. Like, boom, it's done. There's a lot of people like, you know, man, I wish we, you know, I wish Jonah just like cut that off at chapter 3 where we just had the party and everybody from Nineveh was saved and it's all good and you know, we go on living our happy little Cinderella stories. And some would say, you know, we don't even know what happened to Jonah. Did Jonah take his life? Well, don't I don't think that Jonah took his life because we believe that Jonah penned this for us. We believe that God used Jonah to share the story of what he did. And so, uh, just imagine, okay, just imagine that this is your story, and you're going to write it, and then you're going to share it with everybody. (laughs) You know? I mean, at some point later on, when Jonah was humbled before the Lord, I would say is when Jonah would have been willing to have told these things that he did in not listening to the Lord. So... The story with Jonah is so similar for our stories so many days of our lives in the fact that we look to this world to make us happy. We look to this world to make us happy. And, you know, as long as we have just a little something, and sometimes for some of us it's a little something new. You ever notice that? Like, I'll be happy if I can get that new thing. You know, if I can have just another little new thing, that kind of scratches my itch, and I'm, then I'm happy about life, and life's okay. But now, if my friends in Nineveh, they get a new thing, I, I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be angry because I didn't get anything, and they got something. This kind of makes us sound like small children, doesn't it? But this is, this is sometimes what's going on in our heads. We're, we're all guilty at different points of life of going, but God, I'm, I'm over here and I'm trying to do what you told me to do. I, I've been serving you, Lord. What, what's, what's, what's up with that? What's up with, I thought, I thought, you know, if I did this for you, you'd take care of me. I thought you'd make me happy. <laughs> when we're judging whether we're going to be happy or not based upon our circumstances... That's not trusting in the Lord. That's trusting in a plant. We can't trust in plants. We can't trust in plants. God God appointed the plant, you know. And and at times in our lives, God appoints plants in our lives. And, 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 you know, and it's like, man, what a blessing. Thank you, God, for this plant right now. But guess what? God also appoints worms. And none of us want worms, right? It's just a, you know, May need to see a doctor about that. But But you know, I mean, the the truth is, is that sometimes God appoints the worms, but we see clearly, which we have a terrible time doing when it happens to us, but we can see clearly in Jonah's situation, why did God appoint the worm? he he appointed the worm so that Jonah would see what he's doing. That he would see, oh, I'm going to be happy based upon whether or not I get some good shade or not. The house I want. The car I want. The job I want. The relationship I want. Pick your flavor. Jonah wasn't trusting in the Lord. He was trusting in this world. And folks... That lets us down every single time, and we know it. Every single time. God has the ability to give us a peace. Do you remember what Scripture says about that peace? That surpasses all understanding. That's like like God's way of saying, here's my trump card. (laughs) Like, don't know what you got going on, but here, boom. Boom. I'm going to lay this one down, and it trumps everything. A peace that surpasses all understanding. Jonah was called to a people. A great city, 120,000 strong. And Jonah gets to be a part of something amazing. I hope, I hope you see that. Like God chose Jonah to get to be a part of the city of Nineveh turning back. To him and this whole city being saved. Now, God didn't have to have Jonah. He chose to use Jonah. He didn't have to have him to do that. God could have done that through anybody else or he could have done it without us. But God chose to use Jonah because he knew where Jonah's heart was. And he wanted Jonah to see how important the people of Nineveh were to him. He wanted, he, he knew, he knew what was going to happen. He knew what was gonna, how he was going to feel when he got a plant. He knew how he was going to feel when he got a worm. And at the end of the day, he had to take Jonah through these steps for Jonah to be able to see for himself where his heart really was. And to be able to say to Jonah, Jonah, <laughs> you're, you're angry about a plant, but you could care less about 120,000 souls, lives that I love and I care for? God loves people. He created us. He cares for us. He, want, he really wants good for us. He wants to care for us. He wants to, he wants to use us for His glory. He's given us purpose in this life and that purpose is to make him known why same thing as it was for Jonah you know Jonah's like I just want to go over here and lay under my plant and God's going dude I got so much more for you than that and you don't care it's a little bit of a wake-up call for us and, and the truth is, is that our people groups are really no different. The people that we minister to, the people groups that God is going to call us to, whether they be because we have an interest or a hobby or where we live or who we're related to or where we go to school or whatever it is, where we work, whatever the reason is that God has given us the people groups that he has given us. He has given them to us with the same understanding that these are a people that God loves and chances are there's a great majority of them that don't know their right hand from their left. They don't know God. And He's calling us. Calling us out and saying, look, you, just like Jonah, don't don't get caught up in, in wanting to lay under the vine. Don't get caught up... In wanting to make your life about a plant and being happy if you've got a plant or not, make your life about the people that I love. See what it is that I have created you for. When we started 24, you know, one of the things that we talked about, and the reason that we were doing this is that, you know, God. We felt like God, and still feel this way, that God was going to grow two cities together. Nashville and Clarksville set us between two county seats. Nobody was planting new churches in this area. And we just felt like this is what God wants us to do. And, and, and even to some degree from that day forward, we had this I-24 corridor kind of vision of like, God's going to do something here. And some of this is that we, 24 Church, has to get, we have to get in front of what he's going to do with bringing people here and growing the community in of itself. And that's beginning to happen now, which is pretty awesome. Now, I know a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people probably won't like what I'm about to say either. You know, because we, we love the country and we love all this, but I'll just be honest with you. I'm praying and I have been praying for a long time that God would bring as many people here as he possibly could that we might have the opportunity to reach them for the sake of the gospel. And, and if that looks like houses that look like sheds stacked on top of each other, I don't, I don't really care. I don't really care. I, I just want us to be used for the greatest impact that God could use us for in this community. People need Jesus. We are called to a people. 24 Church specifically, I-24 Corridor, we are called to those people. Whoever those people are, that's a a mass of people. All kinds of crazy people, you know? I mean, you look around here, I mean, we're a mess of a people as it is, you know? Just imagine. Just imagine. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's, There's an example. One of the strange things that happens when we are serving the Lord sometimes, and this causes people to kind of set, step back in their relationship with the Lord, or even step back from serving Him or whatever it is, but one, some of the strange things that happens is that we find ourselves turning from Him at times. Like we can, out of one, out of one side of our mouth, begin telling people, oh yeah, you, you know, trust the Lord and all this, and, and, and then at the same time in our life, in real situations, we're not really doing that. That while trusting Christ, we may battle fear and anxiety, trusting Christ, but battling fear and anxiety. I mean that's, that's a real thing, a lot of people struggling with that. While serving Christ. We might sometimes struggle with disappointment about certain events in our life. That's Jonah. That's what he did. Here he is getting to be a part of something amazing that God is doing, and he's over here like wee-wee whiner, you know? Like just, you know, there was a girl in high school. We used to call her wee-wee whiner. She whined all the time. (laughs) I don't know where that came from, but whatever. Joey knows. But we're over here like wee wee whiner, like, you know, oh, you know, our life, you know, doing God's doing something for them, he ain't doing nothing for me over here, you know. And God's like, whoa, 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 wait just a second. I sent my son to die for you, despite the fact that we don't deserve it. You see, folks, we gotta hang our hat on the cross can't be hanging our hat on what we got to do, got to be a part of, what God's blessed us with or didn't bless us with. The one thing that he's blessed us with that we hang our hat on is Jesus. God's grace is good. And it's so good that even when we reject it, it's still being exactly what we need it to be. God was showing love for people and his people. The great city, he said, full of people that he loved. That's the point that he was making. And you could, you could take this even further and say, you know, God is calling us to the city, you know, if you wanted to. And I, and I think that there's a biblical argument for that. God's called us to this city. God's called us to this area. A lot of people don't consider it a city, but I, I mean, I'll just be honest with you. I feel like God's called us to Nashville, Clarksville, Springfield, Ashton City, and everything in between and sometimes things further than that. I'm amazed sometimes at where people come from. God calls us to a people. He hears their cry and his mercy is great. Do we do we hear their cry? Is our mercy great? Will we stand with them through whatever they've got to go through for them to hear the gospel, for them to know Jesus? Will we be willing to do that as His people? 2 Corinthians 5.14 says this. It says, For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Jesus died for anyone that would believe in him. Maybe you're sitting here today, maybe you've never believed in him. Maybe, maybe it's just sounding good. Maybe you've gone to church a lot. Maybe you've never even heard that before. I'm here to tell you something. God loves you. And Scripture teaches us that we are all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But, but there's this beautiful thing that happened. He loved us so much that he sent his son to die the death that we deserve as the penalty for all the wrong that we've ever done in this life. He made a way. He built a bridge. And his son Jesus died that death that we deserve. And all we have to do is believe If we believe in him, we shall be saved. We shall be changed. Not just saved, changed people. Changed people to be used for the glory of God. His mercy for us is as great as it was for the city of Nineveh. And for Jonah patiently waiting for him to get it now we, we look at Jonah we, we get to looking at a, at a, at a passage like this and, and, we, and, we, and we, we, we pick it apart you know we're like man Jonah's an idiot man Jonah's so stupid why in the world why can't Jonah like get it like why is he you know it's real easy for us to do that but the truth is is we do the exact same things we trust it. We put our trust in anything and everything other than Jesus. Some days, money, whatever, whatever, pick, pick it. We do it all the time, and God is showing us just how patient He is, and that sometimes He'll even use us when we still don't have it figured out. Truth is, is that's for all of us. The story isn't what Jonah is doing for God, but it was what God was doing for Jonah. Jonah's not the hero. God is the hero. God did for Jonah when Jonah couldn't see. You know, and, and man, that is so much my life. So much of my life, I feel like God has protected me when I'm making the most boneheaded mistakes, most boneheaded decisions. Man. And he did it for Jonah and he does it for you because he loves us and he cares for us and he keeps reining us back in and saying, come on, come back, come back. I'm better than that. I'm better than that. We sing it, right? Jesus is better. We sing it all the time. I'm better than that, but like we love to sing it. But then, like you know, when you know Tuesday comes and we've got a decision to make. Well, I know God probably doesn't want me to do this, but I think I know better on this one. That always seems to work out great, right? Yeah. Every time. God is saying. Would I love a vine more than I love a people? And he's looking at us and he's asking us today, Would you love a vine more than you would love a people? What's your vine? What do you love? What what are you loving so much that you're missing out being the person that he's called you to be to the people group that he has called you to? That's a real question today. What's our vine? Is there something that we love more in this life? Are we putting our stock in something else in this life? Or are we trusting in the Lord? Are we truly trusting in the Lord? If we are, our hearts will break for the people and not for the vines. When the vines don't work out, guess what? We'll be like, okay. Big whoopity-doo. Life goes on. Our hearts tell the truth. Yesterday we were at a wedding that I was officiating and uh, for some folks that we love and and uh, our kids it was it was after the wedding people are dancing I may have rapped on the mic for a few minutes <laughs> no I don't think there's any video of that so thank goodness there might be a picture yeah I thought so so, um, but no, our kids are running wild. When you got six kids, you go to a wedding, you know, this happens, kids are running wild, and our two youngest girls, Savannah and Aniston, are doing classic Savannah and Aniston things, which is running wide open, chasing each other around, and eating lots of chocolate. So at the wedding, they had these little bitty buckets, and in the, bu- the buckets were on the tables and like in the you know, part of the centerpiece, but they were literally all the way around each centerpiece on every table. Bunches of buckets with bunches of Hershey's Kisses inside of them. Yes, it was technically sweet. And, uh, and so uh, uh, apparently, you know, the girls had each, you know, of course, they love them. They're little bitty buckets. They're for us. And they probably thought that they were all for them, for that matter. And so uh, you know, Savannah had had a couple of these buckets, and Aniston had some. Well, at some point, apparently, uh, Aniston had taken Savannah's bucket, and I'm sitting here talking to somebody, and I'll just be honest with you: the music's up loud, but like Savannah's high-pitched voice screaming can be heard pretty much through anything. Like at some point, they may bottle it and use it for the fogs of a you know lighthouse or something. I don't know, but uh, so you know, they're running circles around through all these tables and chairs and people, and we can hear Savannah screaming and again. I'm not paying as much attention as my wife is, because you guys are just better at this. Let's just face it. And and I'm, I'm kind of focused in on a conversation I'm having, and at some point, I see them come running through, and here comes Aniston. She's two years old, and she's flying through here, and here comes Savannah, and she's four, and she's screaming bloody murder, and she has the look in her face that she is going to kill her little sister if she can get a hold of her. And so Aaron, you know, just very strategically while holding a baby is like, you know, she grabs a hold of Savannah as she comes running through and then like sets her down. And she's like, what are you doing? And she's like, Aniston took my Hershey's Kisses. She took my chocolate, you know, and so She's mad, and so she takes Savannah by the hand, and they stand up, and they march across the room to a table that's over here on the side that apparently, I guess, had tons of these buckets with Hershey's Kisses on them. So they go over there, and Aaron gets one, and she hands it to her, and then they march back over across the room to where I'm at, and then they plop down, and she's like, Savannah, sit down here, I want to talk to you. So she tells her, she's like, well, she asked her question. She said, Savannah, i got to ask you this question. What is more important, chocolate or your sister? Now, ladies in the first service, some of the ladies testified that it was chocolate. (laughs) Let's, for the record, show that that's not true, okay? (laughs) For the love of the Lord, okay? I know you love chocolate. I don't really even understand it sometimes, but whatever. So... She says to her, what's more important, chocolate or your sister? And Savannah, of course, says, my sister. (laughs) To which Aaron says to her, but your actions are showing something different. I didn't know I was going to get an applause for you there. (laughs) That didn't happen in the first service. I guess maybe because they feel bad for you in here in the second or something. (laughs) Folks, may I remind us that we are called to a people and they are a people that God loves. He's called us to them to be a part of their lives, to be used in their lives, To be Jesus to them. To show Jesus to them that they might know Christ because they know us. We're called to a people here within this body of believers, which, by the way, we want you to be a part of if you don't have a body of believers. This family, we want you to be a part of the family. We don't desire for anybody to be on the outside looking in. Secondly, we're called to a people outside of these walls. That's that 24 corridor thing we were talking about. But then thirdly, we're called to a people elsewhere we got nine people going to Uganda this week. They're feeling called to a people as we as a church have been called to these people that we would help these people and minister to these people at this school, this orphanage that teaches children who have no mamas and daddies who Jesus is. Praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for that. And we get to be a part of that. And I pray that we're not over here in the corner going, well, I sure hope my vine stays going good and the worms don't get it. We need Jesus, and they do too. All who believe get to know him. So today... I just simply ask, will you love the people? Will you, I'm not asking you about your person you came to church with today. I'm not talking about whoever. I'm talking about you. Will you? Will you love the people like God has loved you? Will you show them Christ like others have shown you? Will you be a light in their life like God has been in yours? Because that's what he's calling us to. And he's calling us to it in the people that are a part of our lives. Folks, there's no, there's no accidents of where you are in life right now. I'm sure Jonah felt that way. Oh, this isn't where I'm supposed to be, God. This isn't what I thought was going to be when I was 40 years old. This, I, I thought there was going to be something different. I thought life was going to be different than this. No. God knows exactly where you are, and you are exactly right there for a purpose. And just like we see Jonah, maybe it's because he's trying to show you something. Maybe he's trying to teach you something. But let me tell you this. Whatever it is at the end of the day, it is for his glory. And the only thing in this world that's going to give you peace is Jesus. Trust in him. Believe in him. Let's pray together.